You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. Welcome back to another bonus episode of the Western Rookie Podcast brought to you by GoHunt. We've got a super exciting application coming up, and a lot of the things we're going to talk about today, if you want to get the full breakdown, I honestly think there's not a better resource out there than the GoHunt Insider Service. We're going to talk about a lot of information, but something that I use on every one of my applications that I do is the GoHunt Insider Service. From draw odds, the filtering tool to pick units, I use the strategy articles, all kinds of information. When it comes time to actually start planning the hunt, I'm looking at the maps a lot. So as we talk through the stuff today, consider going over to GoHunt, check out their Insider Service. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And the best part is when you sign up using the code WESTERN, they're going to give you $50 of gear shop credit when you sign up for Insider. So go over, get it checked out. But today, we are talking about one of the most exciting elk applications of the app season, and that is Wyoming's non-resident elk application. I, You've heard me say it many times, Wyoming is a key state for anyone that is interested in elk hunting, especially elk hunting every year. It's part of our group's rotation consistently. It's been one of our best performing states. It's a great state to elk hunt. And the deadline is coming up January 31st at 11.59 p.m. Mountain Time. I definitely would not be waiting till the end. Get your apps in before January 31st. Uh, but Wyoming has a modified preference point system that we will talk about later. It allows groups of up to six people to apply, and the leftover tags are going to be available in a leftover draw. Now, you might be thinking, well, what are the left? What are the tag prices for Wyoming? Well, the regular tag is seven hundred and seven dollars. The special elk tag 
which we will also cover later, is $1,965. Pretty big shock. We're going to go over what that difference is in a little bit. But before we do, I want to mention that the preference points are also available in a separate time period from July 1st through October 31st. So if you know you're not going to be able to draw anything in Wyoming or you have other plans this fall and you just want to build points, you do not need to do an application to build points. You can buy your points later in the summer and early fall. But as the breakdown, here's some important information you're going to want to know. The results will be available tentatively on May 16th. But you must front the entire price of the tag when you apply. So that means the state of Wyoming is going to hold your money from January 31st or whenever you do your application for the entire price of the tag until the draw on May 16th. If you're successful, obviously you're not going to get a refund. If you're unsuccessful, you're going to get a refund. It's probably going to be about a week or two after May 16th. You do not need to apply for the preference points once again. So if you just want to build a point, you don't have to you don't have to worry about fronting any of this money. You can just buy your point later in the season. And another key thing to remember is you cannot return an elk license in Wyoming for points or a refund um, and get your points back. So you're not going to get your points back. You're not going to get a refund. So that's something really big to keep in mind. If you're doing multiple elk applications this year and you only want to go on one hunt, Make sure if Wyoming is one of those states, you have a plan for what you're going to do if you draw both states. Maybe make sure that other state offers a refund. Now, there's a couple of big changes for 2024, which is unfortunate. It seems like there's a lot of changes across the West lately, and the same is true for Wyoming. So the biggest change to the non-resident elk applications in Wyoming this year is that applicants will now have to select one of three regions. So before, you could get the general elk license, and that was good for the entire state. Any of the general units across the entire state of Wyoming, you could hunt. Starting in 2024, you'll have to pick a region. There's three regions, a northwest, a northeast, and a southern region, and you will have to apply for that region. So what does this mean? If you know where you hunt in Wyoming, it's probably not that big of a deal for the average non-resident that does their one-week-a-year hunt. But if Wyoming is new to you or you're not happy with where you've been going and you're looking for a new spot, you'll want to have an idea of what region you're going to hunt before you apply because you'll be locked into that region. Or for the hunters that leverage the entire season and they might go out for an archery week and then come back for a rifle week to a different unit, you'll want to make sure you know what units you're going to do that in and try to pick the best region possible for your group. The other thing that's changing this year is the special elk license that we talked about increased to $1,965. And so what does this mean for the average non-resident applying for Wyoming? It means that this might push some people that used to do the special license into the regular license because they don't want to pay that much for the license. And so that could contribute to a little bit of point creep this year. It's hard to tell until the applications are done the results are out and we can see the data behind the draw odds which will be available as a part of a go hunt insider subscription you get that full draw odds breakdown for all the application seasons past so the next thing i want to talk about when it comes to wyoming it's been a hot topic for the last year what is the winter like this year so as all of you know last year wyoming and utah much of the west got 
pounded by snow, just absolutely obliterated. Um, a lot of the herds in the southwest corner of the state struggled, especially deer and antelope. Elk fared a little bit better, but, you know, when places are reporting up to 600 inches of snow, that's not really good for any species. And so, you know, last year that was the, the big story was the, the record brutal winter. This year, every region that we have data to date in Wyoming is below average for winter water content. So, you know, snow water equivalent is what the, you know, the NOAA and different, um, different uh, meteorology sites report. So it's not necessarily total inches of snow, but the equivalent water. And every unit across Wyoming is below standard. So if standard is 100% of normal, they're all between 50 to 80% of that. Last year, almost every unit in Wyoming, almost every area in Wyoming was above 100%, especially the southwest and portions of central Wyoming were above 150% of normal snow. The only area last year that did not see above 100% was the very southeast corner. So for most of the elk habitat in Wyoming last year, they had a lot of snow for most of the elk habitat. This year, we're seeing something that's returning to normal. So that means we're probably not going to see as much mortality this year. We're probably going to have better fawn recruitment. I would expect tag allocations to not change much from last year, we're not going to probably see another decrease. Don't hold me to that. I'm not a game and fish representative for the state of Wyoming, but that's just my guess is that we're going to see things kind of return to normal when it comes to the winter. Now, moving on to the draw system in Wyoming. I told you before they have a modified preference point system. This means that 75% of the tags, and keep in mind, I've been hearing a lot of feedback that, you know, things like what I'm doing with this bonus series is going to hurt residents of the state because I'm maybe showcasing and spotlighting a state's application season. Nearly every state in the West has a fixed allocated number of non-resident tags. So it does not matter if we put this out as the Western Rookie Bonus Series or if you find out about it on Google or Go Hunt or from a buddy there's only so many non-resident tags available each year. It's not going to impact residents' ability to hunt. That being said, 75% of the non-resident allocation will go to the highest point holders. So how does this work? Let's say a unit has 100 tags available for non-residents. There's one person at max points that applies, 18. He's going to get that tag. He or she is going to get that tag. Now there's 99, and they'll work down to the next point level. How many are at 17 that applied? Maybe zero. They keep going down. Where you're really going to find this start to take effect for a general tag in the Wyoming state is in that five, four, three point range with the you know, number of points it takes to draw a tag. You're going to see a lot of the, you know, everyone above five points is probably going to draw. Um, five is probably pretty safe. Maybe you know, greater than four, but less than five might be safe. Um, but then you'll see eventually it's going to run out. There's going to be more apps than, than available tags in pretty much every unit in Wyoming for the general hunt. And so, you know, it's going to go to the people at the highest points and it's going to stop somewhere at the, you know, it might be the four and a half point unit. It might be the four bracket. It might be the three and a half bracket. I don't know where that's going to be. If you want to know, 
the easiest place to get that information where I always go to get the most accurate draw odds information is just simply the draw odds tool in my Go Hunt Insider subscription. It's got all the information from years past, how fast point creep's going. But that's how a true preference point system works. Once they pass all of that, then there's a second round where 25% of the tags are going to get randomly allocated towards all of the remaining applicants at a, at a no-point system basis. So it's just a computer lottery at that point for 25% of the tags, which means everyone that applies has a chance, and it has the same chance in the random as someone that has max points. So it's a little bit complicated. It just works as, as um, a modified preference point system. To make things um, a little bit more complicated, Wyoming will look at everyone's first choice, and then they'll proceed to move on to the second and third choices. Only your first choice will use points. That means if you put in for a general elk in the southern region for your first choice and you draw it, you will get your tag and you will forfeit all of the points it took to draw the tag. If you put in southern region general elk as your first choice and you do not draw it and maybe you do a type four or a type five cow calf tag as a second choice and you draw your second choice you get the cow calf tag and you hold on to your points so that's something that's really unique about wyoming there's an opportunity to hunt it might not be the tag you wanted but there's an opportunity to hunt and keep building points at the same time very interesting. You'll have to look at, you know, draw odds, insider, filtering 2.0, kind of figure out where those sweet spots are. If that's something you want to try to do, maybe hunt cows for two, three years while you build points and cash them in on a special unit for maybe a bigger bull. Now, for group apps, applications, um, they'll accept apps up to six people in your group, which is pretty cool. I know Montana's five. Um, we've talked about other states. I think Alaska was two. Um, Idaho doesn't really have a great system for doing a group application. Wyoming is one of the better ones. If you apply as a group, your points will be averaged across all the members of your group. And so that's where you will go into the draw in a, whatever bracket that lands you in. So let's just say you have a group of six people and your average is four and a half points across your members, right? So that would mean you're going into the draw with, what, a total of 27 points? If you come in at the four-and-a-half-point level, you're going to go in a bracket, and the bracket is either going to say, I can't remember if it says greater than four or less than five, but there's a specific bracket for everyone that averages somewhere in the middle. And so um, you want to keep that in mind. It's it, you, you know People with high points might be able to mix in with people with low points, and you could still have an average that should draw a general tag. So to, in, And in order to apply as a group, you're going to have to have a party leader begin the application. You're going to get a party ID. You're going to have to put in all the information, the name of all of your group members, and then you send that information to the rest of your group and make sure everybody in the group gets in in time. Now, you might have seen in the past for Wyoming, there's a lot of tag types. I will admit I've been confused by this in the past, you know, and you always have to Google it, so I'm going to break it down really fast for you. Type 1 tags. This is the rifle tags. Most of these tags also allow to archery hunt that unit during the appropriate archery season with an over-the-counter stamp. But that's your type 1 tag. Type 2 tags are generally pretty much the same as a type 1. They just differ in a date, deadlines, um, or areas. So it could say, you know, type 1 might be October 1st to October 30th. 
Type 2 might be October 15th to October 30th. Or it might say October 1st through the 30th, but only west of this highway. Um, so it's usually just a different um, set of date ranges or a different boundary. Type 9, the next most common, is the archery only option. Then we have the general license. This is a little different. This is rifle or archery if you have the archery stamp. And it's any of the general units that are within your region for 2024. So the type 1, type 2, type 9, those are typically for a specific unit. The general license is across any of the general units in your region. Now you get into type 4 and type 5. These are the full-priced cow-calf tags. And then type 6 and type 7 are reduced-priced cow-calf tags. And these do not use any preference points. It's a separate draw. So keep that in mind. But what this means is you really only need to worry about a couple of license types. If you're looking to do the normal elk hunt, you want to shoot a bull, you don't have to worry about four, five, six, or seven. Um, if you want a general hunt, that's easy. Just look at the general license. If you're archery only, that's type nine. Everything else is type one and type two. So it's it's there's a lot of options. Just take your time, do your due diligence, make sure you pick the right type of license that you want. Another very interesting thing about Wyoming is the United States Forest Service Designated Wilderness Areas, or DWAs, if you will. Non-residents cannot legally hunt designated for wilderness areas by the USFS without a licensed Wyoming outfitter or a licensed Wyoming resident guide. So what does that mean? It means if you want to hunt these areas as a DIY, you need to find either an outfitter or a resident guide. Now, if you know someone in Wyoming that's a resident, they cannot just take you. They have to go in person and get the proper certifications to be considered a guide, a resident guide. Now, what's confusing is there's also wilderness study areas. This is different. A wilderness study area is designated by the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management. These areas are legal for non-residents to hunt without a guide or a resident outfitter. United States Forest Service designated wilderness areas, you cannot hunt without an outfitter or a resident guide. So know before you go, check the map platform on Go Hunt. Make sure you understand where these areas are and make sure that if you hunt this unit, you know where you can and can't legally hunt. Another big consideration when it comes to Wyoming is grizzly bears. There are grizzly bears in Wyoming, especially in the northwest corner. So make sure you know where you're headed. If you're in grizzly bear country or not, this can be a concern. I've hunted both grizzly country and not grizzly country. It's one option to get away from some crowds because certain people will not be comfortable hunting grizzly country and they'll go somewhere else. So it is an option. But that's a lot more stressful hunting grizzly country. You have to be more careful. You have to do all your, your bear awareness and due diligence. You can't, you know, sleep with food in your tent. You got to do a lot of stuff. And there's just a pressure, an overwhelm, like not an overwhelming, but an overarching pressure to the hunt. There's just something in the back of the mind you're always a little bit worried about. You always have um, in mind when you're when you're walking around. You, you just have to be bear aware. So it is something you have to deal with. Um, we've seen grizzly bears in Wyoming, well, in southwest Montana, which is kind of the same larger area. Keep that in mind. Decide where you stand on grizzly bears because Wyoming has them. But there's a lot of places in Wyoming that really don't have grizzly bears. And so there's options for both. Now, when it comes to the Wyoming elk breakdown, 
I've said this many times. Wyoming is a key state for anyone looking to elk hunt, especially if you're looking to elk hunt every year and you have a rotation of states going. I think Wyoming is one of the three best values for building points and applying for. My system is Montana, Wyoming, Colorado are my three main states I rotate through. And then if I draw a special tag outside of those three states, that just helps me build points in each of those three. But it's definitely a great option. It's definitely worth applying for and building points, but it, you know, Wyoming is not known for the mega giants. What do I mean by that? There are certain places across the West that have enormous elk. Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, northwest corner of Colorado, North Dakota, South Dakota. There's places around that are known for those 370 to 400-inch bulls. Wyoming, not necessarily known for them. I'm sure they exist. They're around. But there are a lot of big elk in Wyoming. There's a lot of 300 to 350s taken each year. And personally, I mean, 280, 275, 280, that's a big bull. I've seen a lot of them. I've shot one in that size range. Like, a, to me, big bulls start in the 270, 275 range. And so there are a ton of great bulls and units with great quality in Wyoming. The longer seasons of the general units and the type 1, type 2 tanks offer a lot of opportunity for anyone that draws those states. So it's a great state to hunt. It's a great opportunity state. There's a lot of good things about Wyoming. So that's why it's one of my favorite elk states. It's our group's favorite spot to go archery elk hunting by far. Um, And it's just a great state to add into your rotation when it comes to elk. So that is the breakdown for the non-resident elk application in Wyoming. Once again, the deadline is January 31st. You want to get yours in a little bit before time because there's only a... um, once it's not like once you miss the deadline, unfortunately, you're stuck with building points for the year, which is just a bummer. So make sure you go research Wyoming, decide if it's going to work for you this year. Go get your application submitted. Go check out the Go Hunt Insider Service and the mapping options to help you with your application, help you find the perfect unit for you and your group, and get a tag this fall so you are out there holding a beautiful set of antlers come September or October instead of at home watching other people on the TV do it. So there you have it. Go get it. Go get your apps in folks and get a tag this fall. And we'll see you back next week with another go hunt bonus series episode. Thank you.